Hello and welcome to All Gospel No Germs. You can follow us on Twitter or email us at allgospelnogerms at stlukesholbeck.org.uk. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi everybody, this is, uh, we've lost count of how many podcasts we've done now, but this <laughs> is the one following Pentecost Sunday and we're going to be talking about that time when, uh, when the Holy Spirit came down on the disciples and gave them power uh, to share the good news with everybody. So um, Josh is going to read that for us yeah. and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, so we're reading from Acts 2, um, 1 to 18. Um, when, the ho- when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be the tongue- tongues of fire that separated them and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? And then how is it that each of us hear them in our native language? Oh, gosh. Parthians, (laughs) Medes, Elamites, residents of Mepostamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up to the, with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. Wow, that was hard. <laughs> the relief in your voice when you got to Asia and you knew how to say it. <laughs> like Asia, Libya, fine. Egypt, great. <laughs> so this um, reading was uh, then preached on by Rolf and actually was... Um, a really meaty sermon there's quite a lot to talk about um here so we'll have to see where the discussion goes um the context if you're just listening back was that um pentecost sunday arrived um after there'd been increasing violence in america which had been um happening uh, as police responded to protests about the um deaths of black people uh through police violence 
um, and has led to wider conversations about racism and institutionalized um, brutality towards black people. So uh, Rolf started off acknowledging that and saying that the key thing that we need to take out of this passage is that we can't ignore what it means to be made one in Christ and emphasizing the unity and honoring and celebrating the range of languages and races both in our church and the range of languages and races in this passage who are being told that God loves them. Um, with that in mind, he went on then to explore what Pentecost is and said that it's got two key reasons uh, or meanings. The first is that it's a thanks um, for the harvest from the Jews to say thank you uh, for everything that they've brought in at the end of the harvest season. And also it commemorates the giving of the law. Uh, so God passing the law to Moses and to the Jewish people. Uh, so looking first at this idea of harvest, Rolf uh, went back to some things that Jesus had said during his ministry. Uh, specifically, he says, um, Jesus says, open your eyes and look at the fields, they're ripe for the harvest. And God kind of thinks about the crowd of people who would have been at Pentecost as being similar to and reflecting the crowd at Jesus's crucifixion where Jesus said, forgive them, and how these represent the people who are the harvest. Um, and how God's workers who've been filled with the spirit are the workers who are um, going into sort of raise up the new Christians. So he then says that actually Pentecost here is reflecting, it's not just about the Holy Spirit, it's reflecting back about Jesus. So then he moves on into the law and the idea of Pentecost commemorating the law, saying that the law originally for the Jews was how um, they could stay in good relationship with God. And Peter was saying that this is impossible to follow for the Jews, let alone for new Christians who are coming all the time to hear the news of Jesus. Um, and in Hebrews, it says that the law is a promise or a shadow of things to come. So Rolf said, again, the law is pointing to Jesus. So Pentecost, the coming of the spirit, reflects back on Jesus's arrival, crucifixion and return to heaven. Um, so in light of all this and Pentecost being about Jesus, the Holy Spirit becomes a gift from Jesus for for a religious community. It's not just about us making us happy, giving us a good relationship with God, but it's how Jesus is able to stay with the Christian church. Um, he says it's by, Ross said it's by God's grace that we've been saved and God has made us what we are. He read quite a bit of um, Ephesians 1 and 2 from the Good News Bible. It was really powerful. If you can go and re-listen to that, it was really good. Um, and said that we were foreigners that did not belong to God, but now we're made close to God in Christ. Uh, Jesus made the Jews and the Gentiles one people. He abolished the law to make one new people out of two through the cross. And he preached this news of peace. And our job now as one united people is to take this good news out to other people. The news effectively that Jesus loves you. The spirit is the way that we can be empowered to do this. Um, and so he finished off just saying that, um, Jesus loves you basically it was really lovely kind of way of tying together both the gospel and story of Christ and then what comes afterwards with the early church so the sorry that was quite a long summary but there was so much in there I was like listening through and making notes I was like Rolf you've packed so much in so if we start off if we just uh Josh or Barbara have you got any initial thoughts that like really jumped out at you from the sermon um straight away you were saying or what about what you just said in particular, um, that we are all one in Christ and that you, it's impossible to ignore. And you think about the bit that we just read where there was like 10 names, obviously different countries now, but like we didn't understand and they all speak different languages. Um, 
and they all have different ideas, different cultures, and that's true today. Um, is that Christianity is is global, and everyone has different um, culture and interpretation and and home laws and things like that. But actually, through Christ, we're made one, and we can all um, share in the Holy Spirit, and we all um, mm. we can all speak the same like language of love and things mm. like that. What about you, Barbara? Is there anything that jumped out at you straight away? Well, what I, I wrote down that he, he referred to quite a few times when Jesus had a crowd in front of him. And almost always it says at some point Jesus looked on them with compassion. Mm. And uh, I, I thought that was... Uh, I think at the moment it, <laughs> it's silly, but you know, you see a crowd of people and at the moment, our reaction is, what are they doing? Why aren't they social distancing? Yeah. Uh, Jesus, Jesus doesn't judge people. Even, as you say, the crowd that was there uh, shouting, crucify me, he even looked at that crowd with compassion. And I, I think, you know, that, that said to me that that's how we should be too. We should be like him, that uh, we shouldn't be judging people for what they do, but we should be looking on them with compassion and thinking of ways that we can help. Yeah, that's really true. I think the bit that stuck out to me, me the most is this idea of becoming one body of Christ so that our primary form of identity isn't with people who look like us or people who are from the same place as us. People are often like, because I'm a southerner living in Leeds, everyone's like, oh, where are you from? And like, I become sort of not Leeds because I'm from the south. Um, and it, obviously there's nothing particularly wrong with that specifically, but the fact that here it says that uh, in the church, they have become one because they know Jesus. They become part of the same community, not because they all live in Beeston or not because they all look alike. And I think that's been one of the nice things. I know we talk about it quite a bit on the podcast, but another nice thing about um, like Facebook church and doing church online is that it doesn't stop anybody coming and joining in. Um, or I guess people with Facebook perhaps, but it's allowed people from further away um, who might not have been able to have got to church to still be part of our community. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I've always found, I think about it, you know, in the different sorts of churches that there are, the people who really know Jesus and, and are filled with his spirit don't bother about the, the sort of differences between us. It doesn't matter if you're a Church of England or a Methodist or a Catholic or whatever. Mm. What matters is, do you know Jesus? Yeah. Are, are, you, are you one of Jesus's people? Yeah. And uh, if you are, then you can relate to anybody. It doesn't matter what culture or uh, sect they come from or anything. Yeah. Mm. He's, he's the one who makes us all one. Yeah. I'm just trying to find the bit that I liked in the reading. Um, oh, it was around verse 14 when Peter stood up and he addresses the crowd. Um, and this is like after everyone is speaking those different languages. So there's people in this crowd that, that aren't going to be speaking what Peter's speaking. Oh, they are going to understand what Peter's speaking, but there's still kind of like that understanding of what's going on. Mm. Um, and the, like the reference to the, the prophet Joel um, and things like that. I thought that was really amazing. Like, um, like what God wants us to hear, like gets through um, and language isn't a barrier and like denomination, things like that. And like the overruling um, 
message of love. Okay, I've got a question then for you. Have you ever experienced a time when you feel like it was specifically the spirit that helped you to, I don't know, make a connection with somebody else or feel like you were part of a community that you wouldn't have otherwise felt comfortable in and that you felt that that was a God thing? Because if we're saying that Jesus and this through the spirit is what makes us one, I just think it would be cool if, if you had any stories to share of that. Okay. Um... The spirit makes us one. So, uh, for example, I I spent four years of my childhood living in Indonesia, and we went to Indonesian church, and I went back to the same city to do an internship at a school in 2018, and I hadn't been back since I was about 11 years old, and I came back as sort of 23 year old, and it was so weird. I felt really out of my depth a lot of the time, but I was trying to sort of rediscover some of the places where I've been as a child and like go back and visit some of the people that we'd used to know. So I went as the representative of my family back to Indonesian church and did not understand a single word of the whole entire service. And they got me up and I like had to like say a few words and like send greetings from my parents and everything. Um, but the, it was one of the like most I don't know. I felt so included and welcomed and part of their church family, even though they didn't really know what I was saying and I didn't know what they were saying and we were never going to see each other again. I was just a passing visitor. Um, and even though I went to an international church um, for the rest of my time in the country, that was probably my most like joyful experience of Christian fellowship while I was in Indonesia. So that would be my story. I think, um, <laughs> sorry, go on, Barbara. Well, I had a, a similar sort of experience a long time ago now when we were living in London and uh, a friend's father had uh, died and we were invited to the funeral but it was a Polish family and it was a it was an orthodox church and all the service was in Polish but it was a wonderful experience I mean like you we didn't understand a word of what was being mm. said but you know you you really felt that God was there mm. and, and you were part of what was going on yeah yeah, I think mine would be um, as a discipleship year intern, um, you kind of like get to pick areas that you like to um, work in or get experience in. One of the things I've been doing is youth. Um, and I um, very last minute decided I was going to go on a youth weekend away as a leader for, a, for another church that I had kind of like mutual um, friends with. Mm. So they were short on leaders. I was like, right, I'll go. Um, and like obviously there's a group of like 30 kids that I've never met before and like weekends away I think anytime like when you're on a retreat like you're getting loads of Bible knowledge you want to be there with people like you trust and you know that can minister to you and like I was here and I didn't know any of these kids um mm. actually like through the spirit I was able to um to like to journey through the Bible with them and to minister with them um and I was looked at like you no know, differently to the people that they've known for years and I was like that would that would never happen like you don't just fit in on your first day at work or like your first day at school mm. like that don't really happen um that's that's like a cool story because that's like the opposite like Barbara and I like my stories were about going somewhere as a visitor and being welcomed as a visitor who still like wasn't a leader but your story is about being able to go and be an effective leader because you were able to skip mm. that awkward process of like not knowing any of yeah. the teenagers that were there mm. so yeah that's really that's really cool
I feel like I want to sort of, I just want to acknowledge that it feels kind of weird that it's three white people on this podcast this time, given that Rolf started the sermon saying, like acknowledging what's been going on in America and has been ricocheting obviously across the globe. Um, but I think I also want to sort of reflect the message that he has, he was started with, which is what an honor it is to be part of a church that has got so many different nationalities and languages as part of it. And like how meaningful that feels to have all those different people as part of our church. Yeah. I think it's really hard to like make this podcast and not address like what's going on globally. Um, mm. And I've like spoken with my family and spoken with friends and kind of like the thing that I've said and other people have said is like, I will never understand it. Um, mm. But that's not a good enough reason for anyone to not try and to not educate themselves. And so that's something I've been trying to do. Um, and like, it's so, um, it's so sad. It's so upsetting and painful and like, and, and it's, and we're across the ocean. Like it's got nothing, well, it does. It has everything to do with this, but like, it's, it's nothing that we will ever experience, but um, like, because we are one through Christ, like our brothers and sisters are experiencing mm. this pain. Um, and that's something that we have the privilege of experiencing as well. Um, yeah, it's so hard. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what compassion means, isn't it? It's feeling together. Mm. It, it's feeling the same as other people are feeling. So, yeah, I mean, when you look at the, the recording of, of what happened, it's just so horrifying. And, and I know the people around tried to intervene, uh, but weren't able to stop mm. what was happening. I, I think that, and that wasn't the worst of it, but that was bad. I mean, you think, oh, if I was there, I wouldn't let them do that. But people mm. tried to stop it and, and they couldn't. And you feel so powerful. I've seen it. I've seen a lot of things online about like what would Jesus do with some people referring to him as like a peaceful man and some people referring to his destruction of the temple when he saw injustice and I feel like I have no objective way of knowing how I can follow in Jesus's footsteps right now whether it's the you know whether I should be sort of joining in violent protests and you know traveling down to London where things have been going on or whether I should stay silent because it's not my place and I think that's where the idea of the spirit making us one sort of I can ask Jesus I'm able to ask Jesus because I have the spirit I can say what should I do how should I respond um, yeah. when this isn't my fight but it's one that I can support mm. yeah like in my in my church group um I'm like part of a student ministry for my a church called St. George's um, with like people my own age. I um, mean, there's been like, uh, people have posted like prayer, prayer sessions on Zoom to just pray for like what's going on around us. And it's really practical ways that we can support a situation that we aren't directly involved mm. in. Um, yeah. Like we need to bring everything to, um, to God through prayer. Um, and that if, if it's right for us to help, like the Holy Spirit will help us do that. Um, but like, I guess we need to start in prayer um, and see like wh what we can do with our compassion. Going back to um, just like, yeah, I, I agree with you basically. Um, and I think, I don't know, I'm wary of us talking too long on this given that it's not the direct experience of any of us here. Um, but going back to the idea of what Rolf was saying about Pentecost being all about Jesus how do you how do you guys feel about that with 
I don't know. I feel like the Holy Spirit often doesn't get a lot of airtime in church. Um, is often sort of a secondary thing to Jesus as the Savior and God as the Father. And I wonder how you feel about Rolf's idea that Pentecost even isn't about the Holy Spirit, but is in fact still about Jesus. Like obviously, I get that they're both God, but I'm just interested in your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, w I was quite quite surprised. I thought people might question that uh, that saying of, of Rolf's that Pentecost is is about Jesus, but. Uh, I mean, I'm preaching next Sunday on the Holy Trinity because it's Trinity Sunday. So obviously there's been on my mind a lot this week, this week um, how to think about God as Father, Son and Spirit being three and yet one. And so in a way, the, the Holy Spirit is Jesus. He's the spirit of Jesus. Um, and he, is, he is, is the one who teaches us all the things that Jesus couldn't teach us on earth because he was only here for those short three years of his ministry. Mm -hmm. And I think he said somewhere that when, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll reveal to you everything that you need to know. So, I mean, the Holy Spirit is Jesus. Yeah. I think I, think I really liked Rolf's argument and the way that he presented it as how the, her, the how Pentecost as a day reflects back on the prophecies that led up to Jesus and also on the things Jesus himself said. I really liked that. Um, yeah. What I also enjoy about Pentecost is being able to explore the idea of the spirit and how the spirit relates to us. And I'm not saying that Rolf failed to do that and it didn't cut the mustard, um, but it's nice to have this alternative route into Pentecost. But I also really enjoy the opportunity that it specifically creates to to find out more about the spirit and talk about it and yeah. learn about it yeah it's like we've just seen the biggest prophecy in the bible come true like from pentecost if you're looking back um like he's come uh and he's died and he's risen again um so i think um like anything else in the bible we should believe is well not no i'm not gonna say that like any other prophecy we see like we should take with some real gravitas because something like that seems impossible has just happened um yeah and like that's i think that gives or i think it gives me like the confidence to try and like prophesy over other people um because if it's like if it's spirit filled and it's from the right place then hopefully it's useful and it will um like bring truth to the person i've got another question for you which is you obviously don't have to answer because this is maybe moving into sort of like personal or private faith but have you guys had experiences of the spirit because i would say that i've not if i have had ever had one it has not been probably in about you know nearly 10 years um and that feels i often feel like i am not meeting some invisible standard because of not had it having had some kind of tangible spiritual experience um so i was just interested in kind of your guys experience of the spirit and your thoughts on on that, that kind of being filled with the spirit as like a feeling or something that produces like visible results like it did in the bible with the speaking of the languages and the wind and the fire and 
Mm. Well, the, the thing is, I, I mean, I lived through the time when uh, there was a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit um, in England in the sort of late 70s and early 80s. And uh, every, everything was being very Pentecostal. Um, and unfortunately, it led to this idea that you were a sort of, if you hadn't spoken in tongues, for example, you were a sort of second rate Christian you, you weren't weren't at the top of the ladder, so to speak. And I I really, I get really cross with that. I get cross when people say, oh, well, you know, I haven't experienced this because, and, and it's because I'm not good enough. And that, that's just not true. The Holy Spirit, as it says in this passage, is there for all of us. But we're individuals and he comes to us, or she comes to us even, in individual ways. And to some people, yes, that is with, you know, they, they have hands laid on them and they, they fall over and faint or they do speak in tongues. But to other people, that's not the way the spirit works. And to me, the spirit is more like it's something that's being poured into you constantly, day by day by day. And everything that you do as a Christian should be spirit led so that how you use your gifts uh, not only in church, but how you use your money and how you use your time is all inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it's That's not a really, really good thing to say. So do you then feel, Barbara, like you are just continuously full of the Holy Spirit? Or do you ever feel like there are times, but because quite often in the New Testament, right, it says, and so and so was filled with the Spirit. Yeah, I think I see myself as a sieve that God is constantly <laughs> filling me with the Holy Spirit, but then he drains away again. So I need filling all over again. So Or a colander. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Josh? Um, I would agree with Barbara. Bar Barbara? Barbara. <laughs> um, about that, like, I think we, well, I think I connect more with the Spirit in little ways every day. Um, like I, it was interesting, Barbara spoke about the Toronto kind of blessing Pentecostal movement. And I went to a new one leadership conference where the, the two um, church leaders that were kind of like at the start of that movement and were there and they were ministering and like, like I've undeniably seen the spirit move in other people and like see them fall, mm -hmm. excuse me, like fall to the floor and, and like writhe and like pe like crowds mm -hmm. of people do that. And so like, it would be wrong for me to say I haven't. Um, but also, like, I don't feel like I connect right now in that way. And I'd, I'm much further. Yeah, I'd say I find the little things more. And that really speaks to me louder than, than what I've seen. But, like, the spirit is powerful. Um, and he, it moves, whatever it is. I also feel like I've... This is, like, a really nice... Um, it's, it's kind of, like, stuff that I sort of know in my head. But it's really nice to hear said again. Because I think part of me is like, I'm not a good enough Christian for experiencing that. And part of me, when I see other people or hear other people talking about those kinds of like big, dramatic spirit experiences, I'm a bit like, I don't know, the cynical side of me is like, well, were you putting it on? Or like, was it just the hype from the group? Or like, did the music just make you feel that way? So it's really good to hear both of you say that there is that, that does exist, but also it isn't only that. It, you know, if you're scared of that or you're nervous of that, there are other ways to experience God. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think we should leave it there. And for yeah. today. Before we go, 
Josh, I have to ask you, have you been reading your Bible? Yes, I have. Um, I think last time we read, I was like halfway through Samuel. Let me check where I am now. I'm almost finished. Um, David's almost in charge. You'll be glad to hear. <laughs> I'm, I'm on like verse uh, chapter 25. Oh, Samuel's about to die. Oh no, Samuel has died. I get confused in Saul and Samuel. Samuel <laughs> was. Um, are, you, are you doing dead. this read, reading the whole Bible thing? No, I just pick Samuel. I just pick to read. Oh, right. Because my mum's doing that. She keeps phoning me up and asking me all these questions. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I <laughs> recommend going through. When she got to Judges, she was really confused. Yeah. What are, what's all this about? He killed 70 of his brothers. How did he get 70 brothers to <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah, she's, on Ruth, she's on Ruth at the moment so she's quite happy with Ruth yeah Ruth's <laughs> a, a straightforward story yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. yes to answer your question Emily I have I've nearly finished I'm enjoying it that's great I'm going to pray for us um, and I'm going to pray for what's going on in the world um well, thank you that you gave us your Holy Spirit um, to minister to us. Um, and I pray that you can carry on, carry on giving us that and it can rain down us. Um, Lord, I want to pray for the, um, for what's going on in, in America and in countries that aren't our own um, and that you can speak peace um, and power to these people who are, are standing up and for what is right. Um, and I pray that what is right will happen um, and what is for you will will happen quickly lord um and can you be with the families of those who are affected um and in their grief and sorrow and mourning um and that you can you can pour out your spirit on them lord and that you can bring together communities and uh, groups that would never normally meet um and you can fill them full of your spirit because we are one in you lord amen amen Thanks for listening. You can email us at allgospelnogerms at stlukesholbeck.org.uk or follow us on Twitter for news and updates where our handle is gospelnogerms. God bless and take care.